0: As you're listening to this podcast and settling in, I want you to think about the way you talk to yourself. What are the messages you send about who you are, what you do, and how capable you are of making your dreams come true? Hi, welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership coach. You can always find out more about me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today I want to talk to you about the inner critic. Now, like, I got to be honest with you. Um, I hate this conversation. I hate the idea of talking about limiting beliefs and our inner critic. It just oftentimes seems so generic and vanilla in the space of personal development. It feels like you could open up any personal development book and somebody's going to tell you, don't believe everything you think. Um, or, you know, you just have to talk back to that limiting belief. And you, I'm um, 300 plus podcast episodes in, you could go through my repertoire of podcasts and you could probably find at least 30% of the podcasts where I've said something along those lines. It's not that I don't believe that it's an important conversation, but what I do believe is that it's pretty rare that anybody offers anything new to the conversation. That sure, we can preach from the mountaintops, talk back to the inner critic, say no to limiting beliefs, like turn your thoughts into new actions. And, you know, you hear me preach that stuff all the time and I believe it down to the bottom of my toes, to the top of my head. I will, you know, I will say it till the cows come home. But I don't know that those conversations ever really bring change for the people who are listening and who are reading. I think it's one of those messages that feels good in the moment and then suddenly kind of evaporates once we've turned the page or moved away from the idea and the thought and have settled back into our our regular everyday. And I was thinking about this in particular because the inner critic and the limiting belief isn't really something that I struggled with in a while and it's I don't think it's a coincidence either. I think that the more choices I've made that get me closer to the life I want to have and the business I want to run, the less my inner critic has room to show up because I'm basically saying this is the life I want. I'm getting it. I'm going after it. No apology. But I caught myself the other day and it's so funny the way it happens is I think the inner critic starts a conversation with us. And we're so used to that inner voice being there that we don't even notice it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it ends up having permission to reside, to expand, to not just take a seat on the sofa in the corner, but to lounge out and spread itself to every resources of our mind. And I caught myself just being a real jerk to myself. And again, now that I have a daily podcast, I go, okay, I have another one to learn here because because this is going to make for a really good podcast episode once I start feeling better. So for it to make sense for you, I have to tell you a little bit about what's been going on in my life. If you haven't been catching up and listening to episodes, my husband and I have been in California now for a year and we're going to be moving um, shortly uh, to a temporary apartment because we're getting our home ready to be remodeled. And he has a spinal cord injury. So we're adapting the home to universal design, but we're also, it's a 1950s home and we have a little bit more modern taste than that. So we're also, updating and upgrading. It's not just going to be about the ramps and lower countertops. So we have a huge project going on. At the same time, I've been managing, it feels like these just annoying irritants of health problems between my teeth and a couple of other things going on that my body hasn't quite been, you know, working as expected. As you know, I host a daily podcast. I run a coaching business. I have all of these sort of fuels and, you know, sort of um, things in the fire. (laughs) I'm blanking on the word there, but you know what I'm talking about. So I've got all these irons in the fire. That's the word I was looking for. I've got all these irons in the fire so it's at the time where we just have like sort of like still it was go- like the holidays were still going on a bit um, I was managing an unexpected dinner party for my husband and his uh, residence. I was planning Christmas and I'm also packing getting ready to um, you know do all the logistics that come with moving to an apartment that I had forgotten about like getting renter's insurance and finding movers and you know et cetera, et cetera. and all the little things that go in addition to packing up the house so we can be um, someplace else. And I was sort of packing the other day. And I didn't even realize and I don't even know how long this is going on. But I was grumpy. I was irritable. And I was resentful. And I was cataloging all the things I've done and all the ways my husband hasn't helped and everything that's on my plate and the weight that I'm carrying. And I just got myself good and grumpy. And then I started to think to myself like, well, who am I to complain? Who am I to say, Oh, whoa, poor is me, I have to like pack up my house so I can move and, you know, ultimately have a really beautiful home that meets my needs and my husband's needs. Like, woe is me. Like, you know, that's not even first world problems. That's like first class problems. And, you know, who am I to complain? And sure, I have these health things. And yes, there have been a lot of doctor's appointments for various things and various concerns. But like, I have really good health insurance and I don't have to wait long for an appointment. And my doctors are largely responsive. On email, like, you know, people have it so much worse. And I suddenly found myself like down this rabbit hole of I don't get to be stressed out because I'm happy now and this idea that stress and misery should only be reserved for the people who have quote-unquote real problems. And I thought to myself, like, wow, like you are beating the crap out of yourself because the reality is in all of this, your husband still has a disability and it makes it physically hard for him to pack a box. In all of this, you haven't made that many friends here in California. It's not like you have a list of people you can call and ask for help. And no matter where you live or how happy or unhappy you are, medical issues are still kind of distracting and confusing and irritating and take up time and take away focus. Like, of course you get to be grumpy. And I was thinking to myself, like, like, how long have I been doing that? How long in the spirit of the list of the things I've had to do and my never-ending to-do list, how long have I been saying you don't ever get to be stressed out? This doesn't get to bother you. You are the exception to the rule. Because I think if I get really honest with myself, it's been the refrain I've been saying for probably six months. Anytime something stressful happens, anytime some sort of weird health thing happened or something happened with my teeth on top of having weird health things, it was like, well, that's not that bad because it was so much worse back East, or at least this is just this thing and I have the life freedom that I own my own business and I can just figure it out. And I realized that I had this rule in place for myself that because I had so expected with every fiber of my being that moving to California was going to suck and it turned out to be the best thing I never knew I always wanted that I didn't get to have a bad day. I like it all had to be fine and I had to be good and it was all like it is what it is and it's you know not that big of a deal and we're gonna get movers and it's just boxes and we haven't really you know unpacked a lot of stuff since we got to the house and you know I have really good doctors and it's this idea that like all of that is true. That one of the things that, like, the inner critic forgot for a while is what I preach to all of you. And it's this idea of holding both. That, yes, it is awesome to think that at some point when this is all over, I am going to have my first office in a home. Like I've had an office before in my brick and mortar, but since I've moved online, I haven't had an office. I inherited my husband's office back in Massachusetts when I closed the brick and mortar. Since we were in California, it started out in various cafes in the hotel room when it would, you know, sort of cooperate with its Wi-Fi signal. And since we moved into the house and we knew we were going to remodel, my office has been the end of the dining room table. It is going to be awesome that I'm going to have my own office. And it is going to be even more awesome that I'm going to have a pretty garden to look out into because we're changing our backyard. And right now it's just green shrubbery. And we're going to be planting some flowers and fruit trees. And I'm going to have a really nice view. But that also, at the same token, just because it's going to be good, doesn't mean it's not hard to figure out what the logistics of a getting renter's insurance in a new state is. doesn't mean that it's not also hard to figure out, you know, how I'm going to pack all the boxes and get all those things done while it's Christmas and while I'm um, you know, like managing a lot of the physical labor by myself, given my husband's disability. It gets to be both. We get to hold both. Our feelings can be validated. They don't have to be the worst thing ever in order to be deserving and to earn validation. They can exist and we can accept ourselves. But so much of the inner critic holds on to the negative and it leaves the positive out. So we we don't hold both. And the only voice and the only lens through which we look at the world is that negative lens. So we start to see, see, you tried that thing and it didn't quite work. See, you had this plan and it didn't work. Like, what were you thinking? You thought you had this figured out. You were bragging to people that you had this all organized. And that's the messaging I was sending to myself before I caught myself heading down that really deep rabbit hole. And I was collecting all of the mistakes I had made, all of the things where I had added two extra steps rather than being streamlined and efficient. And then I was noticing all of the things that weren't getting done for my business because even though I gave myself time to take time off for my business so I could focus on the move, I suddenly was holding myself accountable to not doing things that I gave myself permission not to do weeks ago. And you see how this goes. And suddenly I went from being someone who was smart organized and capable in her self-perception to somebody who is being bratty, ungrateful and complaining and negative. That's not true. If I hold both If I say, yeah, it is kind of annoying to be the sole person responsible for physical labor, but if at any point in time it gets too hard or you simply don't want to do it, you have a really good sort of handyman on speed dial who would get over here and help you. If at any point in time you decide you don't want to do it, you can figure it out and get a plan B. But that inner critic that says you're supposed to be doing it this way, and you didn't do that, and you couldn't do this, and you couldn't figure out that gets so loud. And one of the things that I instantly did when I caught myself beating the crap out of myself for no good reason was the same exercise that I share with clients on the regular and I wanted to share it with you guys today. Because here's the thing, whatever you think you can't do, whatever your limiting belief is, whatever your inner critic is telling you, you would never say those things to a kid. You would never say those things to somebody who is eight or nine years old. You wouldn't speak that way. And the idea that we give ourselves permission to talk to ourselves differently than we would talk to an eight or nine year old, it's, it's just not right. Because here's the thing, and I'm a former shrink, remember? Like my background is clinical social work. I used to be a therapist for 10 years. I can tell you most of our limiting beliefs come from unresolved issues and unresolved trauma from our childhood so if we know this we have to deal with it and our inner child needs to have some TLC deserves to be nurtured deserves to get attention because that inner child and that all of those fears and anxieties the inner child is carrying that's what we're playing out in our regular everyday life and real time in the present and if we take care of our inner child if we speak a little nicer as we would to a nine-year-old, suddenly things don't seem that bad, and it's easier to find the possibility. But sometimes, you know, I can say to a client, like, you wouldn't say that to a nine-year-old, would you? You wouldn't tell a nine-year-old that they're full of crap or that they're never going to make it or that, you know, poo on them because they set the same resolution to lose the same weight that they this year that they set for themselves last year. You wouldn't ever say that to a kid, so why do we say it to ourselves, Right? That's the argument we hear. But how do we stop saying it to ourselves if we would never say it to a kid? Because knowing that and actually stopping the behavior are often two different things. One of the most powerful things that I have taught my clients in recent times, and in you know, in any time the limiting belief discussion comes up, is the idea of grabbing a picture of yourself from childhood, finding a picture of your eight or nine year old self, and carrying that picture with you at all times. It is on your physical presence at all times. It's in your pocket when you're going to the bathroom, when you're standing in the kitchen, when you're going to work. It's on your nightstand when you're going to bed, and I'm not talking about a picture of you in your phone. I'm talking about an actual printed picture, something that you can hold and see in your hand without having to turn on a button, get distracted by Facebook or have to aimlessly scroll to find. I want you to find that picture at the very least If you don't want a hard copy of it, make it the home screen of your phone so all you have to do is turn your phone on to see it. And I want you to picture yourself as that eight or nine-year-old kid and I want you to second guess the dialogue you're sending to yourself. What would you say to that eight or nine-year-old kid instead? Instead of saying, like, what? Like, you think that's an issue? You think that's something you have to complain about? You call that a bad day? What would you want the eight or nine-year-old to hear here instead? What would be the better message? Because as adults, all we're trying to do is heal that crap. And in order to heal it, we have to send an alternative message. And sometimes our inner critic is our subconscious. We don't even know what's happening. I sure as heck didn't catch it happening. I'm somebody who regularly, before I get you know, into something that might make me nervous, I tune into my capability. I remind myself of all the things I figured out that I never thought I would be able to figure out in order to forge ahead. But that inner critic is a tricky little devil and it's subconscious sometimes and it doesn't, we don't even know it's happening. But we do, once we catch it happening, have a responsibility to talk differently to it. And if you can sort of program what you would want an eight or nine-year-old to hear in that moment of self-doubt, in that moment of self-hatred, in that moment of criticism, what do you want the message to be? And if you talk to that child every single day, if you talk to that photo of yourself every single day as an argument against your inner critic, if you carry that picture and you leave it on your nightstand, I want to know what happens next for you in three weeks. Because once you repeat this 21 days, because it takes 21 days, remember to build a new habit, I can't help but think that your inner critic and your inner dialogue are going to to somehow have a few more differences added to the plate. That your inner dialogue has become more positive, more affirming, more action focused, and your inner critic is going to have nowhere to breathe, no room to stand, and it's going to have no choice but to butt out. So if you're stuck in the mud thinking of all the things you want to do for yourself but having no clue how to get there and you're, not, you're already looking at the calendar a couple of weeks in and saying there's no way I'm making that resolution, I want you to pull out that picture of your eight or nine-year-old self and what do you want that little girl or little boy to know, see, and believe and start spreading that message. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you are getting value from this show, if you appreciate the time it takes for a daily mindset podcast so that you can get these lessons in real time, a great way to support me and to support the show is to subscribe and add a financial contribution when you do so. There's a link at the bottom of the show notes that you can follow and you can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month, but it really is a vote of confidence that what I'm doing is important, that it matters, and you would like me to do more of it. Thank you so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.